praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you this morning. We're thankful to be in the house of the Lord. If you could just stand on your feet one more time uh, for the reading of God's word. I'm thankful for the time of worship and just confirmation of this morning's uh, encouragement to the church and what the Lord has just placed in my heart for each and every one of you. Uh, I want to speak to those that are in a season of waiting. Um, I believe the Lord has a, a word for you. Um, and I pray that it will encourage you as it has encouraged me. Um, because I believe there are those that are in a season of waiting. And uh, in that season of waiting, we need to hear from God. How many say amen? Sometimes our hearts get overwhelmed. And our thoughts race. But I believe that God wants to encourage us this morning because he's faithful to his promises. Uh, if you could open up the word of God, book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. Uh, and then we're going to jump to Genesis, chapter 21, verse 1. Uh, and I have uh, tagged this text or put a subject to this uh, message when the promises of God appear to delay when the promises of God appear to delay everyone have it amen, amen. all right let us read from the word of God after this the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision do not be afraid Abram I am your shield your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood, will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. So she became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Father, we come before your presence this morning. Your spirit is here, Lord. And so we ask you that you would have your way in a supernatural way. Uh, we pray that our hearts and our ears would be attentive to your word this morning and all that you wish to speak to us. Father, we give ourselves to you, Lord, Father God, and I hide myself behind you, and I pray, Lord, uh, that you would encourage your people this morning as you have encouraged me, and as you have spoken this word into my heart, Lord, Father God. I ask you to do above and beyond uh, all that we can ask this morning, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever been promised something? Have you ever had to wait? Have you ever felt what you had been promised, what you were waiting for was taking too long? Did you ever wonder when it will happen, when it will come to pass? 
Or did you say to yourself, it's taking too long, it's not the right time, or how can I make it happen myself? With the promise, we experience all natural emotions from being anxious to nervousness to excitement on the potential fulfillment of a promise. I can honestly say that we all love to give, but we also love to receive. It is the buildup, it is the anticipation of what is coming and what we are longing for to pass. According to Webster's Dictionary, a promise is defined as an undertaking to do or to give. It is a gift graciously bestowed upon someone to proclaim or to announce, a solemn pledge to perform or grant a specific thing. You see, like Abram, like Adam, Abram was the chief person and leader that God had communicated his promises for his family. Abram had the great responsibility, though, not only to adhere to the word of God, to ensure that his family knew the promises of God, but that he would be faithful and firm to the promises that God had spoken over his life. In Genesis chapter 12, we see that God speaks to Abram and he asks him to get out of his country, to take his family to a place where God has taken him. It says in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, The Lord said to Abram, Get from your country, your people, and your father's house. Household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abram, upon hearing the word of the Lord, the Bible tells us that he leaves and he journeys on a land. And at the, at the age of 75, he and Sarah uh, uh, go on this land. And here we see the promise of God to Abram and the covenant that God makes with him when he leaves the land, promising not only him land, but descendants and blessings that God would give him. But it should be noted in chapter 11, verse 29, uh, verse 29 and 30, that the Bible records to us that Abram took Sarah to be his wife, but it also notes to us that Sarah was barren at that time and she could not have any children. God was promising to do above and beyond all that Abram could ask, even though the natural order seemed contradictory to the promise that God had made him. God was not only calling Abram to leave the place he had known, but to obey him and to trust God, not only to give him what he had promised him, but to be faithful to the very word that God had delivered to his life. In other words, in Genesis chapter 12, God was telling him, I'm going to provide guidance for you and direction for your family. I'm going to be provision where there seems that there will no, be no provision. I'm going to show you my power and reveal it to you when you walk and you trust me. But you see, following this, the promise that God had gives, gives him in chapter 12, Abram sets on a land and a famine breaks out. The Bible records in chapter 12 verse 10. And Abram draws up a plan to have his wife serve as a sister. And I can't go into too much detail because of time. But it's interesting that God would give him a word. He would tell him to follow the direction that he's given him. And yet in this chapter we would see the natural propensity of Abram to act and to help God instead of believing what God had spoken over his life. In other words, what we're starting to see is a natural Abram come out instead of believing the promises of God. Abram makes a personal decision. 
I can handle this. I know. I'm going to just let them, just let them, just let this be that you tell them that you're my sister. But in Genesis chapter 13, and I'm going to build up to get to chapter 15. We're told that there's a division of land between Abram and Lot. And God promised again Abram the land and to his descendants. And all the land in in chapter 13 verse 15 the Bible says all the land that you will see I will give to you and your offspring. Again he's coming to the promises that he made Abram in chapter 12. He's reaffirming his promises for his life. And at the beginning we see Abram move with great belief. He takes his family again and he shows him. But in chapter 14, the Bible tells us that four kings seized uh, Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions. And since he was living in Sodom, the Bible tells us that Abram comes to rescue Lot and to get 318 men to go and fight in order to bring Lot back. But the Bible tells us that Abram did not take the possessions that were in that land. As much possessions as were available to Abram, there is no greater possession than us having the word of God for our life. There is nothing that can compare when you don't take the earthly possessions that are given to you, but you hold on to the truth and the promises of God over your life. It is greater than any earthly possession that you can possess when you believe firmly the promises of God for your life. And the first point this morning, if you're taking notes, the Lord will always give you a promise to confront your fears. The Lord will always give you a promise to confront your fears. In chapter 15, God speaks to Abram. After he had come back from defeating the forces and in a vision speaks to him. And he tells him, I am your shield. In other words, I'm your defender, your protector, your deliverer. And not only am I all of those things, but I am your great reward. What God was telling Abram was that he was going to offer him protection. See, because it is God who establishes himself in our lives. He tells him in verse 1, do not be afraid. There must have been something going on in the life of Abram at this very hour that God tells him, do not be afraid. Experiencing all emotions and feelings at this very moment. But God is very specific in the word that he delivers. And he, when he always comes on time, he speaks to the need in which we find ourselves. Because Abram had journeyed through a land and might be facing difficulties and challenges. And here he offers the first I am to Abram. I am. Perhaps he was afraid of the army. Perhaps he was afraid of the revenge that they would have towards him. And God is assuring Abram that no matter where he goes, that he would be with him. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter the circumstances or the situations in which you find yourself. You too might be experiencing some kind of fear. And I want to tell you that God is telling you this morning, he's confronting your fear with the hope and the assurance that he's with you. Can you believe him for the promises that he's with you? The giants can be before you. The report might be negative, but he is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And what he's trying to tell Abram is, don't be worried about your enemies or your future fights. Because the future fights that you encounter, I'm going to be with you through them. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. 
He promises to encamp around those who fear him. In Psalms 18, verse 2, the Lord says, The Lord is a refuge in my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my rock. In Psalms 84, 11, he says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. By telling him that he would be his shield, he was telling him no enemy can touch you and I am the best security and comfort that you can find in a land that is not even belonging to you. And so wherever you stand, wherever you are on your journey, I want to remind you this morning, reassure you that he is with you to the very end. God was reassuring Abram of the peace that comes in knowing him. In verse 1, God tells him, I am your shield. And the shield was used in ancient times to protect the body from weapons of enemies. In ancient times, scholars indicate that the shields come in all shapes and sizes. But what the shield uh, uh, alludes to or points to, it is the covering of the Lord. The Lord is covering you on your walk. He is with you at the very uh, need of your life. Abraham is reminded of God's promises for him. As you and I experience different pressures of life, the pressures of, is it going to happen? Can I do it on my own? God reminds him that his promises are faithful and true and will come to pass. And God was reminding Abraham that God is the great reward. In other words, he had told the kings, that he would not take his possessions in Genesis chapter 14, 20, 23. I will accept nothing belonging to you. When we have God, we possess everything. I'm going to say that again. When we have God in our heart, we possess everything. There is no earthly treasure that can compare to his love, his grace, his mercy, his peace, his protection, his truth, and his kindness for our life. Abram, having heard God, speak to him through in a vision response in a natural way he tells him in genesis chapter 15 verse 2 god don't you see that i am childless and that i have no son to inherit all that you have promised me in genesis chapter 12 so we see that time has passed and abram is getting a little desperate He's getting a little concerned, perhaps. He's a little anxious to receive the promise that God had promised him, but still has not come to pass. And what, God, what Abram is telling God is, when are you going to give me what you promised me? How can this be that you have promised me these things to me, and yet we're at the same place we were years ago or months ago? And I wonder sometimes if we have the same questions or the same doubts. God, you said you were going to save my family, and it's been 10 years, and when is it going to happen? God, you promised me X, Y, and Z, and yet we haven't necessarily seen the fulfillment of God. I want to tell you that in the midst of our frustration, in the time that we're waiting, the promises of God are still faithful, and they will come to completion. Abram seems to plead with God. Abram seems to plead with God on how he intends on making this happen. For we know that in chapter 11, verse 30, Sarah was barren. In other words, Abram is saying, hey, when am I going to hear and carry the little baby that you promised me? When am I going to hear the laughter and the smiles? When will I be able to hold the promise that you have promised me? And when will that time come to pass? 
Point number two, the Lord will always give you a promise for your future. God tells him in verse four, this is what I'm going to do for you. And what he wanted to do to Abram was to bring him hope to his very tender heart. You see, God was going to give him an heir to come from the seed. And this will come through natural process. It wasn't because Abram was going to be able to uh, finagle things and make it happen on his own. It was because there was going to be a miraculous conception that God was going to bring a barren woman to bring her truth to birth and for him to receive the child of promise. There are things in the natural order that you and I, we can't do, but God can do because the natural order is subject to his time and to his power. How many can say amen? So although I don't see it, I know that God is working behind the scenes and it will happen. Why? Because the world we live in is subject to God. And it's subject to his word, it's subject to his dominion, it's subject to his authority. And what I can do in the natural, God can do because he is supernatural and he works in the natural. And so my eyes will see what he will do. God responds with grace and patience, understanding that Abram wanted desperately his child. And what God does at this very moment when he speaks to him is that he illustrates to Abram and he tells him, can you count the stars in the sky? Can you look up and see the picture that is before you? Just like Abram, we need to see past our limitations and see the horizon. If God has spoken a promise over our lives, if God has said something that we yet haven't seen in the natural, I can promise you that he's working. If you would just simply believe and trust and hold on to the promise he's made for your future. He will not delay because Jesus never fails. He never fails. And so just like Abram, we need a tender word for our souls. Because we too may find ourselves at the lowest point. In between stages of life, yet he speaks to us as a great shepherd for the promises that he has for us remain the same. The Bible tells us in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He said it, he spoke it, and it will come to pass. God's promise for Abram was not only to do what he stated that he will do, but he also stated that God's power would be on display because they didn't necessarily have the age or the resources to bear a child. God was essentially telling Abram that his promise and his power would defy all natural order. What man cannot do, God can do because the natural and the nature of women and men are subject to his authority and his dominion. Hallelujah. God tells him of this enormous promise of his fortune or what he is about to walk into as an heir of his promise. You see, when God takes him, and the Bible tells us in verse 4 that he takes him in a vision outward to look outside. When we are confined to our local environment, it sometimes prohibits us from seeing what God wants to do. And I think... Uh, spiritually, God takes Abram out to look up to the sky because I think for a moment, Abram was having a hard time understanding perhaps and realizing the power of God. Yeah. 
And there's something to be said about the nature of God. And when we look at nature, we can see not only the heavens, the glory of the glory of God, but we can reclaim the promises of God when we step out of our space and we look unto the heavens and we say, Lord, you've created all of these things. And I know that your word is true and faithful. I think for a moment when God takes him out in this vision to see outside, I think Abram was having some doubts. And I think that his spirit maybe might have been feeling the pressure and the burden of having an heir to inherit what God had promised him. He needed to get Abram out of his space. He needed Abram to look unto the heavens and to reclaim and recapture the promises of God. There are moments where you and I, we run to people and run to things. And what we need to do is just stop for a moment and look unto the heavens and say, Lord, I know you got this. I'm believing you, God, for the promises that you have for me. We're walking with our head down when God has spoken a promise into our lives. And what he's saying is, I need you to recapture, reclaim the promise that I have for you. Look unto the heavens. Hallelujah. Because where is your help going to come from? It's going to come from me. I am the maker of heaven and earth. And I will do what I said I will do. Because the truth is, God is all we need. And has all we need. He is more than enough. In any situation, in all situations. The Bible tells us in Psalms 23, 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack anything. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, For the, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and your thoughts higher than my thoughts. And the Bible says in Psalms 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What's following you is God's mercy and goodness and faithfulness and grace. You just got to step back and step out and believe God for what he's doing. I see goodness. I see mercy. I see God's faithfulness. And so he had to take Abraham from his place for a moment and take him in a vision to remind him of all that he had promised him. And I want to encourage your heart this morning. You're in the season of waiting for whatever it is. Only you and God know. I promise you that he will not delay, nor does he slumber, but he comes on time. Just at the right time. Because the natural order is subject to God's timing. We needed to be reminded that God operates not according to our own time, seasons, or way. And yet the truth before Abraham started to exercise his faith, God had already set the plan in motion. Because God is the God of can do, has done, and will do. I'm going to say that again. We need to be reminded that God operates not according to our own time, seasons, or way. And the truth is, before Abraham started to exercise his faith, God had already set the plan in motion because God is the God of can do, has done, and will do. So write that down in the scriptures of your heart. Meditate on that because he can do it and will do it. And what he's promised, he is going to make it happen. You don't know how. You don't have the resources. Just trust him for it. He'll come through like he said he will.
And the next point I want to share with you is that the Lord will always come to increase your faith. We have faith, but sometimes we need to get that fresh word, right? That reminder. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to do it. And the Bible tells us that in verse 6, Abram believed. See, because justification is based on faith, not on works. Since there is nothing Abram could have done to earn it, he was declared righteous and shown approved by God. Yet we see in chapter 16, Abram take matters into his own hands. And if you want to read it, you, you go read it on your, on your spare time. But Abram and Sarah, they, they, they planned this. They, and then they, it goes down a slippery slope after that. Abram takes his maidservant Hagar, and we see the trajectory of his life. But yet, in all of those things, we see a reaffirmation of God's word for his life. A, 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 I'm going to bring this to pass, and let me help you increase your faith, even when you make decisions that are not in line with what I have spoken over your life. So God speaks to Abraham in such a beautiful way, and he shows him grace and patience, and he reclaims originally the promise given to him, right? And we see that their, their names are changed, signifying the supernatural move of God. But what we see more importantly is that the, the pattern of Abram's life may follow our lives, but yet we see God saving grace and his faithfulness towards his word to bless him and to give him an inheritance. And now we arrive in Genesis chapter 21. And I'm going to ask uh, Kingsley if he could come forward. I'm wrapping up. Genesis chapter 21. After all of these things had passed, a time, decisions that he had made, God brings the promise to completion. Genesis chapter 21, the Bible tells us God fulfills the promise he made to Abraham and Sarah. And although it took 25 years, God's promises never failed. God spoke the word and kept his promise, not because Abram was obedient, but because God is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his word. You can trust him to say what he said he would do. And I want to tell you something. God's promises are unconditional and God fulfills them, not because of our goodness, but because of his faithfulness and who he is in our life. We are not always faithful and we're not always good, but he is always faithful and he is always good and he is always true to his word. So while you're waiting, I want to encourage your heart to receive this word of faith that he's promised to bless your future, that he's promised to deal with your fears, and he's promised to increase your faith while you wait for the promises that he has for your life. And what we see happening Genesis chapter 21, the Bible tells us now, now, now. After all of these things, after all the yearning and the desire, after even making some mistakes and maybe not trusting, there is a now for you and I. Waiting is now forever. It's not forever. It's just for a short time. There will come a moment when the promise that God has spoken to your life will happen now. 
Abram and Sarah receive the child of promise. Because how beautiful it is that in the process of delay or waiting, when you do receive the promise, you know that God works at a specific and an appointed time. They receive the promise with great joy. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible tells us, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He is working within us. His power is working within us. Do not lose hope. Do not despair. Do not take it into your own hands. Do not try to figure it out. God has already a way that he's made. If you would just simply just follow and trust him for the thing that he has promised for you, I promise you that you're going to look back and you're going to say it was worth the wait. Abram's character tells us a little or much about us. But more importantly, it tells us about God. How he deals with us when our faith goes up and down. Because time is never a factor in God's dealing with us. He always comes on time. And God does not forget the promises He makes, but He completes them. God will always do what is best for you and I to get us to the point where we're dependent on Him and less dependent on ourselves or what is best for us. So this season of waiting is not God's no and it's not punishment he's stretching you and he's asking you will you believe me will you hold on to the promises that I have for you because he promises that your future days are going to be better than your past he promises that he'll be with you and that he'll walk with you and that he'll be a shield and a refuge and a strong tower for you he promises all of these things and more. And it's not because we're deserving of it. It's because He's good and He's faithful. He's faithful and He's good to His Word. And so God meets you today at the stage of your life. You see impossibility, God sees possibility. You see a stage of barrenness, but God sees a stage of fruitfulness and delivery to come. The life that he wants to give you is a life of abundance, more than what you could even imagine for yourself. He wants to give you love, more grace, more mercy, more understanding. Because faith and trust is a personal responsibility and it demands our attention. God carried them through it, and so he will carry you through it. Hold on to his promise, for he is faithful to complete the word he started in us. And can you learn to walk in the light of his word when darkness surrounds you? Can you learn to walk in the light of his word when darkness surrounds you? The promise of God seemed crazy, and yet... Abram receives the child of promise. There's a day that's coming where you too will be the recipient of that promise.
or whatever that is, I promise you that there's no famine, there's no trouble, there's no doubt, there's no lingering questions that will hold back the promise for you, for, of God for your life. Perhaps Abram saw others getting rewarded and wondered when it would be my time. The time passed, the seasons passed. He started fading in age and in time. And yet the moment came when they held the baby in their arms because the heir to the promise came precisely at God's perfect time. The leaves are changing right now, but the promises still stand for your life. The seasons are changing, but the promises still stand for your life. He hasn't forgotten you, nor his promises for your life. Whatever that is, let me leave you with this. He is faithful. He is true. And he is a giver of every good thing. If you would just stand with me for this morning. So perhaps here you're this you're here this morning and you're saying man that word just has spoken to my heart I'm in a season of waiting and I feel a little bit of anxiousness and concern and I want to tell you this morning that he wants to confront your fears with his promise he wants to confront your future with his word he wants you to believe him and to trust him for the things that he has spoken and promised over your life if you're having doubts, if you're lingering in your faith, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to open up the altar that you would not leave here the same, but that you would be encouraged that the thing that God has spoken, He's working it out. He's a God that can do, has done, and will do. And He's true to His Word because He never fails. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you're visiting us for the first time and you haven't made Jesus Lord of your heart, I want to tell you this morning that He is here. And He wants to extend an invitation to you to enter, enter into this loving relationship, into this peace that He wants to offer. He wants to be Lord over your life, Lord over your heart. And so if the Lord has spoken to you and you say, I want to make a personal declaration to give my heart to Jesus, I want to encourage you to come forward as well. The altar is open and we want to pray with you that you will leave here saying, God, thank you because you came on time. Because that word spoke to my heart and my heart is settled and it's at peace knowing that you're working it out I give it to you my fears my doubts my anxiety my nervousness my anxiousness I give it all to you and in exchange I accept the word and the peace that you offer the Lord bless you this morning the worship team taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life.